0: If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're continuing to progress through this story in the early chapters of 1 Samuel. And today we're going to look at what it actually means that God calls. That God calls. When we say God calls or that God is calling... It seems like it's one of those Christian phrases, some people call it Christianese or Christian cliches, that we use a lot in church. It's a, we have a lot of these types of phrases in our churches, and a lot of you know it, and you don't even realize you know it. You don't even realize some of the phrases we use, because if you grew up in church, it's all you've ever known. Phrases like hedge of protection. What does that even mean? The shrubbery is going to protect us? Is that what hedge of protection means? Like what is what exactly does that look like? And I know some of you who've grown in church all life are like, well, duh, we know what that means. But yeah, but my point is for a young believer who never grew up in church, or someone who's come to church for the first time and is lost, those type of phrases can kind of throw them off. Like hedge of protection. Or quiet time. Have you had your quiet time today? Most of us know what a quiet time is. That's going into a place and and getting quiet, putting the phone away, and reading God's Word and praying. What about this phrase? Traveling mercies. Lord, we pray for traveling mercies. God, we need your mercy as we travel. You know, that's a phrase we just throw out there. Washed by the blood. That sounds weird. Y'all realize how weird that sounds? Washed by the blood. We get it. Because we believe in Jesus. We believe Jesus' blood has washed us clean. But to the lost person, they're like, washing my blood? These people are crazy. Even Jesus had that same reaction when he said, eat my body, drink my blood. You go back when he was talking to the crowd and he said, I need you to eat my body and drink my blood. You know what the people did? They left. This dude is messed up. He's crazy. But again, these are phrases we use. Lay hands on. You're going to do what to me? Lay hands on. Like we're in a fight, what's going to happen, right? But again, these are phrases we use all the time that we are so used to, we don't even realize how odd they might sound at times to a lost person or to a young believer who hasn't grown up in church their whole lives. And I believe sometimes that the phrase, God is calling or God calls, can fit into that category. At the end of every sermon just about, I'm going to say the phrase, God is calling out to you answer, right? What is he saying to me? I, I, you know, To young believer, okay, what is that really saying? Or to a lost person, like, God's calling me? Do I pick up the phone? What's going on here? But as we look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, we see what God's calling looks like. We see what it looks like for God to call us. And so I believe through this particular text, we will not only be able to recognize God's voice, be able to read his word, but also to obey his will. So let's go ahead and read the whole chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 3, and then we'll dive off into this thinking about this idea of God's calling. Starting in verse 1. and said, Here I am, for you have called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went to lay down. Verse 6. And the Lord, God called, Lord called again Samuel, and Samuel arose, and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him yet. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10. the Lord came and stood calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli, to the iniquity of Eli's house shall, be, uh, shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Verse 15, Samuel lay, uh, Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel, said, Samuel, my son, and he said, Here I am. Eli said, What is it that he told you? Do not hide from me. May God do so to you, and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told everything, told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what, he, what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba, uh, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord, And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we give you all the praise and glory. We thank you for your word. God, we pray now as we dive into your word, as we try to understand what it means to be called by you. God, help us to hear from you, to hear that calling today, to recognize that calling in our lives and apply that calling in all that we do. God, we thank you. We give you all the praise We give you all the glory and honor. It's in your son's holy name I pray. Amen. So as we think about God's calling and trying to understand what it means for God to call us, first off, we need to learn to recognize God's voice. Now, verses 1 through 10, there's a lot there, so I'm not necessarily going to read it to you, but I'm going to give you kind of a brief cliff note version of what 1 through 10 is saying. Up to this point, we've seen Samuel be given to God by his parents and it is God's will that Samuel would eventually be used as a prophet and eventually will appoint the first king of Israel. And since Elkanah and Hannah gave Samuel to God to live under the priest Eli, Samuel served in the temple. And even with all the wickedness that was going on with Eli's sons, God still used Eli to develop Samuel. And at this moment, Eli is very old. It says that He is losing his eyesight. But Samuel would stay close by Eli to take care of him. It was common for Samuel to hear Eli say, Samuel, come help me, Samuel. Trying to get his attention to help him if he ever had any needs. And so for Samuel, spiritually, he has yet to know the Lord. Verse 7 tells us that, that he has yet to actually know the Lord. The word of the Lord has yet to be revealed to him, as verse 7 says. We see that he doesn't have a relationship with God yet. It'd be like for us growing up in church and have yet to make the decision of faith. But we also know not only was Samuel not in a relationship with God yet, God wasn't speaking a whole lot either. Look at verse 1. The second sentence in verse 1 says this that the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no frequent vision. It's not uncommon for God to be silent. In fact, there's a whole period of time between the Old Testament and New Testament that God was silent. He spoke through the prophets, and when that was done, He was silent until the day that the angels came and said, guess what, Mary, you're going to have a child. you imagine that being the first words God said in a long time? But it's not uncommon that God would say those types of words, that, that He would be quiet in those periods. And because of these two factors, the fact that Samuel had yet to know the Lord and the fact that God hasn't done a whole lot of speaking lately, Samuel did not know nor recognize God's voice. Samuel was ministering in God's temple and did not know God or his voice. And so when God calls out, he's like, oh, that must be Eli. He thinks Eli is speaking to him, so he says in verse 5, here I am, for you called me. Of course, Eli didn't. He's like, what are you doing up? Samuel, go back to bed. Go lie down again. This happened two more times. Finally, on that fourth time, Eli caught on to what was happening. See, Eli had already been with God. Eli was wise, even though he had a lot of shortcomings. He was still a wise priest. And he knew God and he recognized in that wisdom that God was calling Samuel. So he gave Samuel some instructions. Look at verse 9. Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Samuel was obedient to the instructions and had a moment with God. He had a moment with God that fourth time God called Samuel, and God came and stood with Samuel. Samuel knew that it was the voice of God. And how and so the question for us now is how do I know that God is calling for for Samuel, it was Eli saying, Samuel, that's God talking to you. Next time he calls you, lay there and listen. How do I know, though? How do I know today that God is calling to me? Well, understand this, that the first time God ever calls you is to salvation. The first thing God is going to call you to is salvation, right? And, and, and so for, if you are lost, the first thing God's going to say to you is be saved, If you are saved already, you can reflect back on the time that you were saved, that God called you to it. God called Samuel uh, into a relationship with him. And that was formed because Samuel now knew God. And understand this, that you must be saved in order to be used by God. Before God can call you to, to whatever it is he wants to do in your life, you first have to be saved. Because only in that salvation can you do anything for the glory of God and live out your purpose. If you're lost, He's going to call you to salvation first. And then, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God speaks to us. He calls out to us. Well, how do I know that it is God speaking to me? How do I know that it's God talking to me and it's not just my own thoughts? It's not just, it's not just somebody else. It's not just a preacher talking. It's not just this person over here talking. That it's really God talking to me. Well, there's a few things we we can look through Scripture and understand this. First, God is not going to call you to do anything other than glorify Him. God is only going to call you to do what is going to glorify Him. Colossians 3.17, Paul says, And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is your purpose Is to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, which means to give Him the glory, the honor, and the praise. So God is not going to call you to do something that will not glorify Him. Everything He calls you to will glorify Him. We are servants of the King, and it is our duty to glorify God in everything we do. So God is going to call you to only that which will glorify Him. Secondly, God is not going to contradict Himself. This is important because there's a lot of folks that are standing behind pulpits today that are contradicting God because God gave them a vision or God gave them a word, right? God is not going to tell you anything that contradicts himself or his word. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33, the first words, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. God is not going to add confusion to your life by contradicting himself. His word is clear. Anybody who says, I got a word from the Lord, and if that, what they said contradicts the actual words of God, then it didn't come from God. And there are too many people who are calling themselves prophets and apostles that said they got a word from the Lord, and it contradicts the very thing the word of God says. We must be mindful of that. God is only going to call you to that which glorifies Him, and nothing He calls you to will contradict His Word. That's how you know God is the one speaking to you, and it's not just your own thoughts. It's not just somebody talking to you. But pastor, how do I hear God? How do, I, I, can't even, I can't even decipher that yet because I have yet to hear from God. I want to hear from God, pastor. Well, let's look at Samuel for a moment. What happened in verse 9? The very last sentence in verse 9, what did it say he did? He went and he lay down in his place. I think for many of us, our lifestyles don't allow us to hear from God. See, the first few times when Samuel heard his name, he jumped up and ran to Eli. The fourth time, he laid there. And he listened to God. I think a lot of times our busyness of our days and the chaos of our days don't allow us to hear from God. Think about this on a normal day, you wake up, you shower, put on makeup, you get dressed, you wake the kids up, you eat breakfast if you have time. You get the kids to school, you get to work, you leave work, you get the kids, and you take them straight to the ballpark, you get home, you might eat, you get the kids a bath, they're in the bed, you crash. That sound my close right there for most of our days. Right? At what point in the day did you have time to slow down? Think about your daily walk with the Lord. Think about your day and what it consists of on a regular basis. Do you have time to slow down? There's a reason that many times God tells his people to be still and be quiet. Your busy life doesn't allow you to hear God's voice. Your nose, being in that cell phone, mindlessly scrolling on social media all day, doesn't allow you to hear God's voice. We have to slow down. We have to remove the distractions and take time for God to speak to us. Sometimes we come into church and we're so cluttered in our minds that we can't even listen to what God's telling us now because we're so... Focused on what's going to happen afterwards. Are we or All that baggage we just came with. We're so consumed by everything else that we can't even slow down long enough in church to listen to God speak to us. Maybe for you, slowing down is just waking up an extra ten minutes. Not hitting that snooze button, but using that time you would have snoozed to read God's Word. To listen to God for a moment. Before you wake up the kids... Take a moment. Maybe it's not that. It's that you need to say no more. Maybe there's, there's some part of your life that you need to say no more to just so you could slow down. We need to slow down and find quietness in our lives so that we can be in tune with the Spirit to hear from God. Matthew Henry put it this way. The more sedate and composed our spirits are, the better prepared they are for divine discoveries. Let me say that again. The more sedate and composed our spirits are, meaning a lot calmer, a lot more in control, where we're not chaos trying to get from point A to point B. It says if if we'll just sedate ourselves and compose ourselves, the better prepared we will be for divine discoveries, meaning hearing from God. And one of the ways that we can do this leads us to our second point. We need to pay attention and meditate on God's word. Pay attention and meditate on God's word. Look at verses 11 through 15. Verse 11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it would tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God. And he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel, watch what he does here, lay until morning, Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. We'll stop there. God's message for Samuel was to give that to Eli. This is the first moment that Samuel will get to exercise his calling as a prophet. God gave him a message. His calling was to go tell Eli what God told him. It's important that he paid attention to what God was telling him so that he can give that same news. I think sometimes... We struggle to hear from God because we're not actively listening to God. We're not paying attention to God. And I've I've, I've used this phrase before, actively listening. I don't think we, we put in the effort. And of course, this goes back to our daily schedules. But when you think outside of that, we just don't put in the effort to listen a lot of times. When God speaks, it's not limited to just an audible speaking in our ear. God speaks through His Word, through the Bible. And when we read and hear God's Word preached, we must make the effort to pay attention to what's being said, what's being read, what we are hearing. What did Samuel say to God? What did Samuel say to God when God called out to him? Verse 10. Speak, for your servant hears. Speak, for your servant hears. Samuel is focused on what God is about to say. How many of us come to church focused? on hearing from God and what He's going to say in His Word, whether in this time or in our Sunday school hour. How many of us are focused on what God's going to teach us today? Are we focused on what our Sunday school teacher is going to read for us today? Are you focused on this time and what God is trying to tell you through His Word? Or is your mind, again, elsewhere? We must be active listeners. But notice what Samuel also did. Not only did he listen actively to what God was telling him, but what else did he do? We read in verse 15, he laid there until the morning. Essentially, Samuel is meditating. He's meditating on what God has told him. Not only did he hear what God said, but now he's meditating on it. He's letting it soak in. He's letting it marinate in his mind what is actually being said. Now, when we say the word meditate on God's word, again, this is one of the phrases that we use a lot in church. Meditating means to take time to dwell on what God has told us. So many times we're just trying to get the Bible reading figured out. We're just trying to check off that I read my Bible today. That we will read for five minutes and then we're on to the next thing. And what did we do? We forgot what we read. Why? Because we didn't take time to meditate on God's word. We didn't take time to think about what God was saying to us. We meditate. We think about what God is teaching us through his word. We think about what God has said to us. And this goes back to the time of Joshua. Joshua was taking over from Moses. Moses has passed, and now Joshua would be the new leader of the Israelites. And God gave him a command in chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1. He told him to be strong and courageous. But in the midst of that command, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, God says this. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. According to God, why should we meditate on his word? Because it helps us to do what God's called us to do. It helps us to know what God wants us to do so that we can be obedient to it. And if we will do that, if we will do what God has called us to do, the Bible says that we will be prosperous, we will have success. Now, prosperous, a path that is prosperous and successful is not a, a prosperous, successful meaning health and wealth, by any means, that's not what I'm talking about. But success and prosperity comes in the building of the kingdom. Because if we are obedient to God's word, because we spent time meditating on it, our lives will be impacted and others will see what God has done in us. If we're willing to meditate on it, if we're willing to spend time on it, to bring God glory by fulfilling our purpose. When you read God's word, when you listen to God's voice, when you pay attention to what he's saying, and when you meditate on what he's telling you, then, last point, you'll be obedient to God's will. You'll be obedient to God's will. Look at verses 15 through 21. Samuel lay until morning, and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell uh, the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What is it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So Samuel knows the message. He's been meditating on it. He knows it's not a good message for Eli. I'm sure he's dreading that he's going to have to tell Eli this. Would you want to give anybody bad news? No, you wouldn't. Samuel was dreading this. In fact, he wakes up and he's supposed to go tell Eli this bad news, but instead what he do? He gets up and he goes and opens the doors of the temple. Samuel's doing everything he can to kind of delay having to share this bad news. But Eli called Samuel to come and tell him his experience with God. And we can tell that even Eli notices that Samuel is apprehensive to speak. Look at verse 17 again. Eli says, what is it that he told you? And watch this. He says, do not hide it from me. You could probably, he's probably reading it on Samuel's face. Some some of us have bad, you know, like we can read bad news on the face. We don't have to be even told there's bad news. And I can see Samuel, I mean, Eli's probably looking at Samuel thinking, okay, this ain't good. But don't hide it. Tell me everything, Samuel. Tell me everything. Don't leave anything out. If you leave anything out, let the curse that whatever he's saying be brought to you as well. So Samuel gives the message he does his first assignment of being a prophet and eli submits to god's will verse 18 it is the lord let him do what seems good to him from then on samuel was obedient to share every message given to him from god verse 19 tells us that samuel let none of his words fall to the ground it didn't go in one ear out the other like many times we do Right, Many times we read God's Word and we hear God's Word preached and we hear God's Word taught. We let it go in one ear and out the other many, many times and we don't use it. We don't share it. We don't go out and make disciples. Instead of meditating on the instructions from God after a Sunday sermon, we leave and we go to the next task and never return to meditate on His message, on His Word. And look, I get it. It's the running joke that no one ever remembers what the preacher preached on last week. Guess what? us preachers don't remember either half the time, right? Why? Because even us preachers are guilty of going out those doors and moving on to the next thing. Even if it is just moving on to the next message for the next Sunday, we move on as well. And sometimes we even forget what we preached about. But we can't do that. I can't do that. You can't do that. We need to be able to take this word and meditate on it. To not just move to the next thing. And forget we were even taught from God's Word. We need to take time again to meditate so that we can be obedient to the will of God. And if we are obedient to the will of God, we will continue to hear from God. Listen, sermons are great. And if you've got a great pastor that can do a sermon, that's great too. But what really makes a sermon great is when God's people will take that message. They will meditate on God's word and they will apply it to their lives through obedience. That's what makes a sermon great. It's not about the presenter. It's not about the teachers in Sunday school. It's about how you take that message and go to the world and be obedient to his will. So how obedient are you to God's will? Samuel was in the beginning in verse 1 it said in verse 1 it said what the word of lord the word of the lord was rare why because Eli wasn't being obedient Eli's sons weren't being obedient so why would God share a message to the disobedient there was a lot of disobedience going on in verse 1 in the temple but now that Samuel has turned back to obedience Samuel has, has brought obedience back to the temple what happened in verse 21 The Lord appeared again at Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. It was because of Samuel's obedience to God's word that God was heard from more. Maybe today you haven't heard from God because you lack obedience in what he's already told you. Maybe God's already spoken to you before, but you didn't like the message he gave. Well, maybe He's not speaking because you're not being obedient to what He's already told you. See, obedience puts us in, in tune with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's our line of communication. And whether we're speaking to God or He's speaking to us, it all happens through the Holy Spirit. And when God has been calling to you lately, and your inactiveness, of, and not acting in it, is disobedience. So my question to you is, where have you failed to be obedient to God? Lately. Maybe you are saying, I I can't hear God. Well, what has he said to you before? Maybe today it's that you recognize, you know what? God is calling me to salvation, and I have yet to step out in obedience. I've been waiting for other signs, Pastor, but he's called me to obedience, and I haven't acted on it. Maybe that's you today. Maybe today you recognize that Jesus is your Savior that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, He resurrected from the dead to give you new life, but you failed to surrender to Him. Today, you can answer that call of salvation to say, I will answer that call, Pastor. I will step forward and answer the call to salvation so that God can use me to glorify Him. The Bible tells us if you will confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in the resurrection, you will be saved. Maybe God's calling out to you to salvation. But maybe you're a Christian, but you haven't been hearing from God lately, and you're wondering what it is that you're doing wrong. Let me give you some suggestions. Maybe it's because you've been a little too busy lately. Maybe it's because your plate is full right now. Maybe it's because you had not picked up your Bible and read it in months, and not only read it, but meditate on it. Maybe you have picked it up for five minutes, but have you meditated on it? Maybe it's because you're stuck in a sin that you keep giving into. Because again, disobedience creates this disconnect. Maybe it's because you have yet to be obedient to what God has already revealed to you in your life. If this is you, and you are able. I want to ask you to come forward to this altar and seek forgiveness and plead with God to speak to you. God, I know I've been busy. God, I know I've put a lot of things ahead of you and I have not given you the time that you deserve. God, forgive me and use me. God, speak to me through your word and may I apply it to my lives. Maybe that's your prayer today. Maybe we simply just say what Samuel said. Speak for your servant hears. Maybe we just simply need to actively listen. But know this, no matter where you are in your life, God is calling out to you today for something. He's calling out to you for something. There's not one person in here that God's not talking to right now. If you're lost, He's calling you to salvation. If you are saved, He's calling you to something. He's calling you to act in obedience. He's calling you to act in His will. He's calling you to do something specific that glorifies Him. Don't miss it. Because you're worried about the next step or you're worried about the thing that's going to happen afterwards. Listen to God and what He has to say. Come respond in obedience to this altar or come here and I'll be up front and I'll pray with you. Whatever God is doing, you need to be obedient by stepping out in faith. That is how we hear from God. That's how we know God is speaking. Let's pray and we'll go into a time of invitation. God, we give you, again, God, praise and glory for the day that you provided us. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the example that you've shown us through Samuel, God, that, that sometimes we can be so busy to run to one thing to the next. We might, uh, we might hear you, but we think it's something else, and so we jump up to that other thing. And, and God, we simply just need to rest and, and be still and know that you are speaking to us. God, I pray for the lost person that's here maybe today that God, if, if you're calling out to them, may they hear you for the first time and they would step out in obedience to receive salvation. God, maybe it's, it's, it's for those of us who are believers that are in this room. God, convict us, God, well, we're, we're failing to hear from you. God, if you know the burden on our heart to, that we want to hear from you, but it seems like we're not hearing from you, God, reveal to us why that is. God, whether it's disobedience, God, whether it's, whether it's being too busy in our days and not taking the time for you, God, whatever it may be, reveal to us your will. God, we thank you that you speak to us. God, you are still speaking to us today. You are still calling to your children daily. And God, you do that through your word. You do that through the lives of other obedient servants. And so God, I pray that even after we leave this place, that we would be like Eli and that we would help others to hear from you as well. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the love that you have provided us through your Son. May we feel that today. God, speak to us now. Reveal to us your will. I pray all this in your Son's holy and righteous name. Amen.